0: This podcast provides information to help esports professionals identify and approach legal problems. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. Legal information is not the same as legal advice, which is an application of law to a party's specific set of circumstances.
1: You should not and are not authorized to use this podcast as a source of legal advice. And the information in this podcast does not create an attorney-client relationship between the Law of Esports podcast, any of the lawyers or affiliates of the podcast, and any consumer of this podcast.
0: Welcome to the Law of Esports podcast, the number one podcast that discusses legal issues as they apply to the world of esports. My name is Jake Hicks, and I'm an attorney that represents teams, leagues, and organizations.
1: And my name is Neffy Lopez, and I'm an attorney that represents players, streamers, and personalities.
0: And today we have another installment of our Pro Ops series in which we interview industry professionals from the world of esports, competitive video games, and all the content creation and business that goes into the industry that we love so much. And today we are very excited because we have a content creator that's very near and dear to our hearts, whose content we consume all the time, and that is Maverick. N-Y-S-L Maverick, content creator for the New York Subliners. If you catch him on Twitter, it's at M-A-V-R-I-Q-G-G. That's Maverick GG. One of our good friends, Mr. Maverick, welcome.
2: Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Well, we appreciate it, man. And we, I, we were talking before the podcast um, about some of the content you've created and how some of it's analytical, some of it's hyper-informative in regards to Warzone. And... Um, Neffe and, and I have had really busy dockets lately, but usually the first thing we do in the morning is check Twitter for war zone updates on the new meta, on the new map size, on all yeah, these dude. things. And then we're talking about it in our group chat. And so, um, you, we, we actually were very familiar with your content and with your way of creating content before we actually got to meet you. So, uh, this is a yeah, really I cool experience that. for us. Of course, man. Yeah,
1: and and we're not, we're not, we're not that good. So we kind of depend on the meta. So we, we rely heavily <laughs> yeah. on what the best guns with the least kick. Uh, otherwise we're not going to get any kills and that's frustrating. So we all know that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So let's, let's, don't worry. Don't worry. Hey, well, we appreciate the content you put out, man. So, you know, I, I've obviously you and I have interacted before. Uh, but you know, one of the things is obviously the content you put out is cool. Uh, but I really want to give everybody a chance to kind of get to know Maverick a little bit more. And so, as you know, from the episodes you've seen in the past, let's start off by talking a little bit about your background, right? Like, where are you from, man?
2: All right, grew up in Houston, Texas, back in the year uh, I was born in the year nineteen ninety eight. So I'm twenty four years old. Uh, I guess that's young. Some people say it's young. I feel old though among uh, a lot of my peers. There's like guys out here winning ten k tournaments at like an, at like eighteen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, grew up in Houston all my life, uh, Texas boy, um, and I, I, I guess I, I I'm like a content creator that has a decent following, I wouldn't consider myself, you know, like huge like Tin the tap, man. Um, I, I try my best to make informative content. Um, you know, if, if I see something that's either misinformed or being misinterpreted, I, I try to clarify. So whether it's stuff about anti-cheat, whether it's a, a lawsuit, uh, uh, you know, with the cheat provider, um, you know, pretty much Anything and everything having to do with Call of Duty, but not just Call of Duty, because that is my primary focus, but things with the gaming industry. So, you know, uh, for instance, Halo's anti-chi or um, really anything with the gaming industry, any sort of BS goes down, whether it's a, a lawsuit um or like, you know, a a big expose about Bethesda. I I try to talk about that kind of stuff because I'm really passionate about the industry overall. But yeah, most of my content on my page, you'll see uh, Warzone heavily related with Warzone and the occasional Call of Duty post for standard multiplayer here or there. Um, And yeah, I'm signed to a a CDL team, for those that don't know, the Call of Duty League. Uh, I'm signed with the CDL team as a primarily TikTok content creator, but I also, you know, have made and worked on different pieces of content for them. Sometimes, you know, you may see me on their Twitter page uh, talking about "Eh, here's a scuff gaming tip, stuff like that. Um, I I try to work within, you know, the the small little details of gaming that people don't always notice, whether it's stuff like controller settings or or actually, you know, putting the time in and and training to become a better player, Uh, stuff that doesn't always get talked about because, you know, the metas and, and gun stats are, you know, a lot of people talk about that kind of stuff, but uh, when it comes to like small details uh, I try to I try to you know make my money there well, so yeah
0: awesome. that's that's me that's uh, so we're as lawyers we all always appreciate the attention to detail that it requires to to analyze the small minute parts of the game that aren't talked about everywhere and so we've always been really appreciative of you bringing that to the table but I kind of want to go back appreciate so that. as a young Houston kid um, and Neffy and I are both in Houston now. I'm actually from a small right. town about an hour and a half outside of Houston. How did you get into video games originally?
2: Ooh, all right. That one There there's some there's some history there. We're, uh, we're I would say my it. earliest my earliest memory is probably uh God knows what I was actually playing, but my earliest memory there's a picture of me somewhere like sitting in my diaper on the PC playing something. I don't remember <laughs> what it was. My earliest memory is probably going over to my cousin's house. Sitting on his lap while he's playing, uh, I think it was, pretty sure it was Counter-Strike 1.6. Sitting on his lap while he controls a mouse and I control a keyboard. Being a toddler, I didn't realize that Counter-Strike, you kind of had to stop moving to be 100% accurate. So we weren't winning many games when uh, doing that little setup. uh, That weird split input action. (laughs) Yeah, uh, a lot of GTA Vice City, a lot of GTA San Andreas. Mainly me watching my cousin play it while he you know, screws around in the game, it, it kind of developed that love uh and then I also remember having an N64. now this was past the N64's life cycle. This was probably mainly the PS2 era, but I had an N64. We didn't have a lot of money. Um so I was playing a lot of like older games before my time. Stuff like Golden Eye, uh, Ocarina of Time, the classics, uh, man. Donkey Kong 64, yeah, Mario Kart 64, that kind of stuff. So I didn't I didn't really always, you know, have the latest and greatest. In fact, I think The only reason why I actually got to play stuff like Call of Duty 4 and Halo 3, uh, Halo Reach, was because if I remember correctly, middle school, there was an after-school program um, at a church and they actually had Xbox 360's, PS3 set up in like the upstairs area of the church. And we would go there, me and my friends would go there and we'd just essentially be playing COD 4 in a LAN environment (laughs) (laughs) against each other. We'd be playing uh, a little bit of world at war, a lot of halo three. Um, and that kind of really that all, all those experiences from when I was pretty much a toddler to when I was in middle school culminated in me essentially as soon as I was able to, you know, get some money together, uh, get things like a PS three with modern warfare two on it. Uh, eventually black ops one, um, eventually making the switch, uh, over to PC with Battlefield Three. Yeah, um, a lot of Counter Strike when Counter Strike, you know, when CS:GO dropped. Um, a, a lot of money made uh, trading skins and stuff like that. <laughs> Dang. But yeah, th- so, I I turned into a like a new age crypto. You know, like crypto bros are now. It yeah. was like that for me when I was when, when Counter Strike uh, skin trading was in its, like yeah. heyday. Do you Do you remember the awesome,
0: first? Man. Do you remember the first like uh, like? competitive tournament that you played
2: in? Hmm. It was, it was probably an online tournament. I yeah. think it was, it may have been a, like a wager, like a game battles wager. Okay. And, oh, shit. It may have been a game battles wager, like Black Ops one probably. Yeah. Um, but I was, I was never very, like I was playing on Wi-Fi. Internet was pretty bad. It was like <laughs> standard Wireless controllers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like I never really got into competitive until probably See us go um i i'd played like i tried to get into the competitive scene for battlefield 3 uh, but like i just didn't enjoy that setup for battlefield um you know i i'd pretty much kind of stuck to like bad company 2 like your standard multiplayer affair that's like casual right so call of duty battlefield but yeah first foray into competitive was probably and like grinding competitive i mean like really grinding it playing like every day warming up for hours would be counter-strike you know, csgo okay. Um, okay that's awesome yeah, so, so it probably to yeah that. yeah
0: yeah
1: and it sounds like you were you were involved in esports pretty early on uh or well just video games in general it sounds like they've and, and it's funny because a lot of people you know are we're obviously a little bit older than you but not by much but a lot of people your age and our age we grew up with video games obviously for us it was a little bit later it was probably around you know Well, actually, probably was pretty early on because Jake and I are are sub 30 or right around 30. Um, What was your first tournament?
0: What was your first tournament that you played in, like for money? Like a real deal. Uh, Not like with your friends, but like.
1: I was in. I think I was a freshman in high school. So it was somewhere around 2005 or 2006. I lived in Vegas at the time and we had gone. I can't remember where it was because my buddy's mom had to drive us because obviously my mom wasn't going to get in a car and drive us somewhere in California. I think it may have been in L.A. or um, I, I don't remember where exactly it was, but it was some was like the big LAN tournament. Um, it was a Gears of War tournament, um, and it wasn't anything major. It was like a something small hosted by um, I think it might have been GameStop or Game Battles or something like that, and it wasn't it wasn't anything major. Um, but I remember we had, I remember we had, I think we had to qualify for it. If I remember correctly, I don't know, but dude, it was, <laughs> we weren't very good compared to everybody else. And then, you know, when I was no, in high no. school, I tried to compete. <clears throat> I, I remember at the time, uh, micro center, uh, or not micro center, uh, the Microsoft store used to actually host local turn, like land tournaments for like years of war, whenever they're yeah. in sports like revived. You remember that? Uh, yeah, I
2: remember specifically for Halo, if I, I think it was like Halo Reach. I specifically remember going to the mall and there was like a tournament set up. Uh, it was like it was a reach. I think it was like a Halo 3 ODST tourney yeah. for like celebrating before Reach came out or something like yeah. that. Uh, yeah. but and and but yeah, in the Houston yeah, Galleria, I, I they used to the have concept. those.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so I, I used yeah, to go to those exactly. more more than not. I, I we you know, me, a, a buddy and mine tried to do like game battles and we would have like scrims and we'd have to score points to to make it uh but man but anyways this is we're we're gonna talk about you so so obviously video games played a major part in your life and you've and it's you know it sounds like obviously you play with your family and you had a great time and and it's been such a large part of your life but at what point did it turn from a hobby into like a potential career you know or or whenever you started like i need to really put more time into
2: it I would say like when I started grinding a lot of Counter Strike, I wasn't creating content per se, but I was making a good amount of money trading skins. Um, trading <laughs> skins, selling skins on like uh, like alternate marketplaces. Valve has clamped down on those hard. Oh yeah. But, um especially after all the gambling controversies. Yeah. But yeah, there was there was some gambling aspect involved too. Um, I remember I lost a lot of skins on one of the most notorious fiascos of all time, the iBuyPower yep. match fixing scandal. I remember losing a good amount of stuff on that. Yep. I remember losing a lot of skins on CS:GO Lounge when the uh, when uh, I think it was NIP used like an exploit, a, a pixel, a pixel jump, and they could see through part of the map. And they, they I think they beat like Virtus Pro. I had money on Vertus Pro, and the decision got overturned. But CS:GO Lounge did it. So like that kind of stuff. Um, I remember like being like, oh wow, this could like, at least until I get to high school or, you know, while I'm in high school, I can at least, you know, use this for pocket money. I don't have to like, you know, push carts, right. um, around. So, so when that you, was like my first foray. When you were and doing, I'd always trading. remember. Oh, I was like, were you creating yeah. content this throughout this time? At that point? No, but I'd always wanted to. Um, I have a channel out there somewhere. This was, uh, I don't remember the name, but like. The thing is is I re- I distinctly remember like watching guys like uh like Hutch Cenaanders, S- Mr. Sark, even like Dr. Disrespect on on you know back in the Machinima days and being like yeah like I, I want to do this but at the time like my parents didn't have money. I didn't really know of any way to get stuff like the Hog or the or even a Dazzle um and pff, forget having like a-, a PC capable of editing any of that stuff. So it was I think I like done a couple videos with like a shitty like uh, camera that my dad had gotten from like Circuit <laughs> City and like just pointing it at the TV That's There's a name I haven't heard in a somewhere. while Circuit <laughs> City <laughs> Yeah I've, that that dates me I swear um at 24 that dates me but like that that was like my first foray and then when Crisis 3 came out I remember my PC oh, was kind of capable of running it um okay. and I like made content around that Cause I I think I remember making a video. Oh my god! Of course it was a news video, but it was me breaking down like the PS4s like uh, announcement, um, with like Crisis Three footage in the background yeah. if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, I was breaking down the PS4 announcement, talking Crisis, about how it's man. gonna change everything. I was gonna say yeah, because yeah. I remember Crisis uh, was a big deal
1: at the time because of this the graphics. Everything was supposed to be amazing, and and you know it turned out not to be such a fantastic game, but it did look nice.
2: Yeah, so, Crisis Three especially was that uh, that one of those games where it was it was like oh, yeah, graphically yeah. amazing, gameplay wise. Eh.
0: Yeah. Okay, so yeah, well, so good for wh- testing PCs. But yeah.
1: Yeah, and and you you did the CS:GO um, along with the skins. Were you also trying to get it? You said you were trying to get into the competitive scene.
2: Yeah, a little bit. See, it was mainly if I'm being honest, I if I was being honest with myself at the time. I didn't have a chance. Like, yeah, I I could get to, you know, higher ranks in ESEA, face it, and even, like, the base matchmaking. But in reality, it, it's kind of like uh, – I'm going to use a sports analogy here, right? But it's like Division One basketball players are, you know, really, really great at what they do, but they don't hold a candle to guys in the NBA. Um, right. And that's, like, a large majority of, of D1 players. So, you know, I was – I guess I was closer to your average uh counter-strike player than I was to someone like simple right despite Uh, you know grinding ranks so like if I'm being honest with myself and we we can get to advice later it's I wanted to but I probably wouldn't have like I just I was not that naturally gifted yeah my at the time unironically my gifts kind of lied in in teaching people stuff so like I would teach like, you know, strats to people uh, for money. I would teach, uh, I did a little bit of coaching where it was like, okay, this is how you break down this angle, um, on dust Two. you know, it, a bunch of stuff like, you know, like show me a replay and just doing like VOD reviews with people, that kind of stuff. Uh, I actually was now looking back at it bet- way better at than actually, you know, going straight on competitive as a player. <laughs>
0: okay. Also, when did you, when did you decide to move and really dedicate time to creating content for video
2: games? Um, yeah. Cause every, every attempt before, I guess, let me, let me, give me a second. Let me, let me rewind <laughs> real quick. All right. So when I really started taking it seriously, it was probably, I guess 20, when did the pandemic start? I swear to God, the past couple years have been a, March of 2020. 2020 we're just, we're going to say march of 2020 um cuz i was in my last year of college and <laughs> essentially it was it was a lot of like you know school from home that kind of stuff so uh, i i started streaming a lot actually uh to like three viewers um <laughs> a laptop my friends you know it, three to 10 viewers whatever uh but really it, it wasn't like going anywhere obviously and i wasn't taking it super seriously until I started really uh, looking at this app called TikTok. TikTok, eh. Looking at this app called TikTok. And people were telling me download it and stuff like that. It was a way to keep in touch with friends, like stay up to mm. date on trends during the yeah, pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, so I started one day I came across something on my for you page. I don't remember what video it was. I think it was Oh, that's right. It was it was like, you're I've just exposed every COD YouTuber and they're all using a Cronus. And I was like, "Hold up, wait a minute. I know what a Cronus is. Come, on. it's not, it's not an aimbot, dude. Right. Like, it's a, it's a macro device." I'm sitting there, like, telling myself this. And I'm like, "Huh? This is
0: maybe I, need I can make this. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. And the the funny thing is, is that prior to that, it was just like I think I was putting up like sniping clips or whatever. Maybe I think it was like sniping clips. The occasional like, "Here's how you fix FPS," you know, in Warzone. It was it was like random shit. I don't remember. I think there was like one where I was talking about like price gouging with sneakers was a TikTok I made. Um, so it, it was like random stuff like that. And then I'm like, hold on. Uh, I addressed this, this video did well. I can start talking about other stuff. I talked about matchmaking systems, uh, given my prior experience as like, you know, working at these big companies, whether it's social media, whether it's a, it's a, you know, a standard fortune 500 company, uh, like I have a background in this tech space uh, as a developer, um, and also as like a as like a stats guy, so I'll talk about this stuff to the best of my ability and explain why things aren't as the way you know aren't the way they seem, and that stuff kind of gained me some traction. Okay.
1: Well, let, let let me interject real quick. So you 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 kind of mentioned that there was one video that did really well. Which one was it? Was the one that where you addressed the Cronus thing, or or was there I another was, video?
2: I I think the Cronus thing was after, I think the first one was like matchmaking. It may have been ah, matchmaking. I think the first okay, one was matchmaking. Okay. It was it was something about how like, it's this patent, the patent's been around since like 2017, but it always like pops up every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and people act like it's something brand new. Uh, and it, it was, uh, I think it was like, oh yeah, the Call of Duty's nerfing you, it's adjusting your accuracy. And I talked about why, um, you know the actual systems that are used and it's more engagement based mm. and I started talking about EOMM and then that stuff i think like a couple of people made videos on my tiktoks um and that kind of gained me like my first 5000 10000 followers maybe i oh, think nice. it was like my first 5000 followers or something like that on tiktok Man. um and it was like videos that were made like just straight up like off my you know front facing camera <laughs> um, that's so, awesome.
1: so so yeah. you start you start making content on tiktok at what point did you really start to get the attention of, like, orgs? You know, for example, at, at some point you signed with NYSL. How how long were you content creating before somebody like NYSL reached out to you and said, hey, uh, we're interested in having you join the team?
2: So, oddly enough, I know, what's the saying where it's uh, preparation meets opportunity? That's kind of what happened with NYSL. I don't want to say it was luck. And luck obviously played some role. But... <laughs> And you're going to laugh. Um, I, I was I had TikTok open. I was scrolling and I came across a Toronto Ultra video um, and it had this. Uh, but it wasn't like your standard like org content where it was like someone that was already a part of the org or big. It was someone that i had seen make like a meme video about Warzone before. I was like, wait, this guy's familiar. And I was able to find that video that I had originally seen him on. And he only had like 30K followers. I was like, huh, wait a minute. This guy, he's not like huge on TikTok, I wonder. So I pulled up an entire list of all the CDL teams at the time. uh, And this was like near the end of the Modern Warfare season, I think. Uh, Maybe it was just before the Cold War season. Um, I I pulled up a big list of all the CDL teams, uh, went one by one finding their contact information. If I couldn't find their contact information, I would try to slide into their Twitter DMs and a lot of them, a good amount had theirs open. I if I can find this, uh, this might be helpful for your edit. I'll send it to you if I can find it. But it was essentially template uh, of mm. me saying, "Hey, this is who I am. I'm only and at the time I was only at like 15 or 20k followers. You know, I know I'm small, but this is what I think I can bring to your organization. You know, TikTok is is growing, and a lot of pl- a lot of companies need to have a presence on TikTok." Um, short form content, even if it's not on TikTok, it's still the future. Uh, other companies have had it, uh, other social media platforms have had histories of copying said features from other platforms that, are, that, that experience exponential growth. There's a great opportunity here. Uh, here's some of my content. Please let me know if you're interested. And guess how many replied to me? Uh, so one, I, it was, I was gonna say all of them, <laughs> but <laughs> no, no, it was one, one uh, org reached back out, and that was Anbox, which is the parent company of NYSL. Anbox is yes. now NYXL for those yeah. that don't know, but yeah, they were the only ones that, that reached back out to me. Um, had a meeting, they're like, we're interested, got my first like, you know, uh, trial run contract, it was like 75 bucks a video or something like that. Um, and yeah, I think at the time they were only at like 15, um, 15 K followers. And immediately my first two videos, first video was like 900 K views in like a day. Second nice. video was like 400 K views in a day. They were like, Oh, welcome aboard. This um, is great. I'm, I'm yeah, <laughs> we love this.
0: Well, that's yeah. awesome. So
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Hey, so, so, okay.
0: So were you in the, involved in the competitive call of duty scene before the CDL? Cause I think modern warfare 2019 was the first year that the CDL existed.
2: Um, yeah, yeah. So it was the first year the CDL existed. I, if I'm being honest, I really only cared about Search and Destroy in Modern Warfare. I didn't really care to watch uh, the CDL. I only really started watching the CDL because I was, you know, affiliated with an org. Uh, right. Just to me, it's like when I watch esports, I'm watching Counter Strike, I'm watching maybe a little bit of League. Uh, but yeah, usually it's Counter-Strike, um, and then you know, people running like search and destroy tourneys. But that that's that's really <laughs> that's really my extent of competitive that I cared about at the time. Um, okay. and then obviously like Warzone Comp. But like Warzone Comp I always looked at as a joke, and I still kind of do. <laughs> um but yeah, that's a whole nother story.
0: <laughs> well before we get into that, I have one other question, because I think a lot of people find themselves in the situation that you were in at the time, where they're creating content on their own. They love to be part of an organization somewhere. Um, so at the time when you were asking, or I guess i use the term applying loosely because you were really just, you know, building it from the ground up. Um, but when you were asking to be a part of these orgs, what was the frequency of content that you were putting out on a daily or weekly basis?
2: So, And this is where it kind of gets sucky, I would say. Um, I I was having a good amount of momentum, but at the time I didn't really know how to, uh, how to to really take advantage of that momentum because it would be like, oh, you know, like I don't want to break too far out of my niche, but I also don't want to resort to like TMZ level content because like, you know, like I don't want to be like, oh, this is what's happening when it's not or like spread, you know, bullshit. Um, So like really like I, every time I would be scrolling TikTok, see something, make a video, call it like, that's cap, and then that's Caps," you know, subtitle, whatever it may be. Um, and it'd just be me explaining stuff. And sadly, I really wish, I really wish I put out like at least a video a day because I was doing maybe like two videos a week. Okay. Two, maybe three videos if I was lucky because I was like, I can do TikTok. I can do good TikTok content and stream. And you know, like, like, work on my my skills for my actual career. That was not a good idea because then when I added NYSL onto my plate, I was I kind of fell behind on like everything. Not to mention, just before I had the opportunity to join NYSL, I developed like this weird um, migraine condition for like I would say six months, and I started taking medicine for it. So like that whole thing kind of like the whole migraine debacle, put me out of commission for like three months almost. Jeez, um, damn. Yeah, so like I I really screwed up my first go around of success, okay. success, whatever and you so want to call it. And
1: so whenever you were putting out content at the very beginning, you know, you were doing one or two or three videos a week. It, was it because you were streaming or was it because you were working? Because I know it was around the time that you graduated from college. Um, were you, did you have like a daytime job and you couldn't con- create as much content? What, what how are you balancing your time?
2: Yeah. So I, I would say it was it was mainly a daytime job slash, uh, slash streaming. Yeah. So daytime job slash streaming. It was, you know, like, yeah, you're working from home and you have more time, but as like a new grad, you want to try to, you know, make the best impression possible. And at the time it's not like I was making money from content creation. So it was, you know, like I, I need to concentrate on work, otherwise I'm not gonna have an income yeah. or healthcare. <laughs> Um, so like, exactly. yeah, cause of that, it was a lot of like, okay, we're going to do the best job possible for this, for my job. We're going to make the best impression possible. So it was a lot of like double, triple checking everything I did, putting yeah. more time in than I would normally. Um, and then when I would stream, uh, you know, I'd be tired. And then by the t- end of the stream, you know, do I want to make content? I'll work on it a little bit. Uh, I'll, I'll work on this video and then, you know, end it so i can actually wake up at a decent time for work tomorrow um and that works for some people yeah um but ultimately it led to me running down and developing that weird migraine Uh, issue for like six months okay
1: so so you think you may have developed that from just being tired and and continuing to
2: tired stressed um Mm. god knows what else? Maybe because my diet didn't change, you know, yeah. I was still eating healthy. I was still working out the same amount as I was in college, um, even you, during COVID, except it was at home.
1: So. Were you seeing any success with the streaming? Because it sounds like you obviously were investing a lot of time into streaming early on. Uh, or was or yeah, was so, most of your success coming from TikTok?
2: Oof. So I would say a bulk of the success was coming from TikTok, bulk of the views. Um, at the time, I really didn't even know how to transfer people over because it's not like... I was doing stream clips, right? It's not like I was like, oh, funny stream moment, 60K views, and then people come to the stream for that. Um, it wasn't like that. It was, it was, this was the other issue, was that my content on stream was different from the content on TikTok. So people, you know, there's not really a lot of crossover. Um, at around like 1,000 followers, you get a stream key. And, you know, like, or not a stream key, at 1,000 followers, you get the ability to, to go live on TikTok. And, you know, like that kind of would bring people over. Mm-hmm. Um, but unironically, I actually found more success. <laughs> I found more success on Twitch and I- I'm using the term like relatively relative to like straight up a war zone stream. I found a lot of success when I was doing like, uh, I guess like not just chatting, but like chatting about like basketball, right? So like going over basketball, you know, or slash NBA and like breaking down stats and be like, Oh, this is why this is a bad take. Um, and even stuff like gaming news, like I'd go over, like I create like this little thing called the docket before I would actually get into playing Warzone, where I would look at like different gaming news, um, or like different updates for call of duty news, um, and kind of break that down. And the whole idea was to turn that into YouTube content. But as you guys know, with this podcast editing <laughs> large, you know, like these large two hour sessions, um, is a pain in the ass. Yeah. And especially if you're a doing ton it every time. day.
1: 100%. Yeah. yeah.
2: now if you're doing it almost every day like three times a week oh my yeah good luck yeah um yeah yeah I mean, we're we're, we're doing it we're doing it once a week
1: with. we're doing it once a week and that's yeah. hard and by we i mean i'm doing it once a week on top of you know being an actual trial lawyer and you know i was telling jake like today um you know i had three depositions for example which was just this brain numbing work because you have to sit there and you have to ask questions or listen to other people ask questions and then you come home and you're like man i've got this you know hour and a half video and i have to you know clean up the audio sync it with the video and add all these extra things and obviously our stuff is not as intricate as whatever you're putting out but man it's a lot of work so you know a lot of people that don't i don't think a lot of people don't understand or appreciate the difficulty or the time or the sort of just the grinding that it is to edit videos it's hard work man
2: yeah, no, but not only that, it's it's, you know, some people are really gifted at just kind of going off the cuff. Some people are really good at just like coming up with like a, a really structured, you know, not just sentence, but like a, a really structured analysis or, or thoughts, you know, on the fly. Um, I was not that kind of streamer. Like I couldn't just like do that. I would have to put in, you know, an hour or two before the stream to kind of come up with what I'm going to uh, talk about, you know, uh, like yeah. bullet points, maybe structured arguments, stuff like that, that, that actually makes sense. So, that the, so everything can run as smoothly. So the edit would go smoothly. Right. And I'll tell you, rarely did the edit ever go smoothly. Um, so, like, I, I think I kind of came to the conclusion that, like, I'm not like a naturally talented live streamer. I have talent recording and editing content and coming up like writing a script to have something to say yeah
1: because that's a skill yeah that that, that's a skill in of itself we've learned is is having structure a lot of guys are just naturally entertaining right a lot of guys just they they're just naturally funny or whatever it is but the hard part where a lot of people kind of you know because you'll have those and those are very those are very there's not very many content creators that are just naturally entertaining and funny, the best of the best are. Yeah. But a lot of the really good content creators like yourself, for example, are guys that can put you know, a plan together and execute it well. A lot of the content that you create is very calculated, which I think is good. I think that's that's it fits your style and obviously you're good at it. And so um, one of the things that we've learned and from just talking to content creators and streamers is a lot of viewers, they can see through the BS, they can see whenever you're not being genuine. And you know, and they and they know whenever somebody you know on their live streams are you know these goofy guys that are just saying a bunch of really stupid stuff, and then they have like this really serious TikTok where they're like, oh, let me analyze this, and you're just like, dude, that's not you. Um, and it causes you know, it just people like following genuine content creators, and uh, obviously well, you're the, good at the other
0: at the thing. Structure. Well, the other thing that that Neffy and I have talked about a couple of times is that your content and our content is different than a lot of people's. We don't boot up a podcast and just react to another video or make jokes about fall guys or like whatever, you yeah. know, like we're we're analyzing. Life. Yeah, like we're analyzing an issue <laughs> and so on top of trying to explain it to your audience, which requires some structure, you also don't want to be wrong, and that requires research as well. And so when we're talking yeah. about cryptocurrency or NFTs and regulations and the regulatory framework, we still have to update all of our base of knowledge to make sure something new hasn't come out that would make us wrong when we release it, you know?
2: Yeah. yeah. And I, I bet you guys feel that you guys m- probably feel the same way, but like you'll, you'll every now and then, you know, in your recommended, you'll, you'll see like this one person, you're like, wow, I see this person I recommended a lot. You'll click on the channel. You'll see, wow, this person puts out like four videos a day. How is that? And yeah. it's like, it's, it's, you know, I don't want to call it a grift but a lot of it is just like they read an article in front of you yeah. um, and it's like Slow okay effort. cool thanks for the text to speech essentially. yeah like very yeah. very low effort like it, yeah. it kind of becomes an obvious grift where it's like they don't exactly know what they're talking about it's like a bullshit artist right. um, and like there's that highlight so there's people it. who just like yeah, right? It's like okay, I, I could have put this in a text to speech and gotten the same result. Yep. Um and and that's that's like you'll see that and you'll be like, "Well, I mean, I guess there's a market for it cuz sure, uh, this yeah. is getting a lot of views. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing wrong." Right. Um, if you saw you know, our like- outlines,
0: <laughs> if you saw our our substantive outlines for some of our substantive episodes, they are they look like we're about to take a law school final. Yeah,
1: yeah, place. we could probably do CLEs, continue I legal f- education, dudes.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: I uh, mean, like, like I have like 20 pages just in like the single, the single Google doc. It's just titled "Short Form Contents," 20 pages worth of it, not just ideas, but like whole scripts. And it's like, you know, uh, that, that feeling you get when you when you put something like that together, and it you know put it out there and it bombs. And then you see, you know, you're scrolling through TikTok, and you just see like, and this is like the new TikTok meta. It's essentially guy reacting, game at the bottom, and then like TV show in the middle, or like another YouTube <laughs> video in the middle. And they're like, they're like, they're not playing the game, but it's like the game is like a like a Minecraft speed run, or like it's it's like a yeah. it's like a map in so in a uh, Fortnite creative. I've seen it. And it's yeah. like a Darman video in the middle, and then it's just a guy at the top. He's like. Oh yeah, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like they have millions kid. of and you're like, interactions and views. Yeah, you like how the fuck does this have like 300k likes? It,
0: it doesn't make I've any sense. It. I have I've not seen, seen it, that. I've, I've thankfully been able to avoid that. But it does remind me because yeah, I think now we're so far uh, beyond in the content creation mode where you do have to be like creative in how you edit a video, especially a short form videos, the way you're editing them, where it's yeah. you frames, gameplay, because it used to be, like, early YouTube, like 2012, 2013, you would just boot up a gameplay and talk over it. And that that was the commentary. And that
1: that was the meta, you know, on YouTube not too long ago, you know, back before Leafy got kicked out, that's what he would do. He would just play whatever those The, you know, whatever was going on,
2: surf map on CS.
1: Exactly, exactly. And then, and then just talk over whatever topic was going on. And, and, and that's that's what everybody was doing at that
0: time. Nate Shot would play, uh, he would, yeah, Nate Shot would just boot up a gameplay and be like, today I'm going to talk about the reasons why the tournament format is not great. And it would just be like a gameplay and he would talk about it. But now you have to be a lot more dynamic. And I think it is harder to consistently put out quality content uh, in today's environment than it used to be.
2: Well, I mean, like, again, like you guys mentioned, some people are just naturally entertaining, like with what they'll say, some people will say some outlandish things and that's their form of entertainment for the, for their audience. Um, and it, it kind of just depends on, uh, on, I guess how you, yeah how you present yourself to your audience and what your 100%. audience wants from you.
1: And so, yeah. so, you know, we, we talked a little bit about, you know, you're having a balance of time. It's probably one of the hardest parts as to being a content creator, but, um, you know, and and I don't want to get personal, but has why has has your opportunity with NYSL and the work you've been doing has that sort of catapulted you into being able to turn this into a full-time job or are you still having to, you know, kind of do other things to kind of keep the lights on?
2: Um, well, I mean, it's not like I'm not doing other things out of necessity. So that's mm. that's nice. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's definitely it's not like I'm I'm, you know, making full-time money you know, with, with NYSL, I, th- I think even a lot of creators that are signed to orgs or other CDL teams that are like their, their pr- prime thing is, is, you know, content creation, they still have to rely on their other, you know, personal account forms of revenue, right? Whether it's sponsorships on their personals, um, you know, stream income, YouTube income. Like, it's not like you, you're, you're fully employed, um, uh, by the okay. org. I mean, that's, that's not, yeah. like, uh, that's not for everyone. Like, I know some people are making a lot of money. Um, but, like, that's kind of like an org by org, creator by creator, right, right, you right. know, what you bring to the table basis. Um, but for me, you know, it's it's nice to have that money. Like, I can use it to, you know, get something for my parents if there's an emergency. I can use it, you know, to, that. that's really all just, like savings. Whatever money right. I make from content either goes back into content or it's just put on the side of savings because I, I still have my, my, you know, my day job to where I can, you know, I have my healthcare and I have, you know, like rent and food. And yeah. Stuff yeah. Like yeah. That. So all right. the essentials. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, it's, it's one provides the survival and the other one provides the cod points. Right. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, well, okay. so when, when so, you were, so this is a, this is a legal show at the end of the day. And I know that you and Nephi worked on this together when you were moving into NYSL, but as you were approaching an org and as you were approaching your talk with NYSL, uh, obviously I don't want to get into anything that's attorney client privileged. Um, but did you have any specific concerns going from an unsigned content creator and moving into being a signed content creator with an established org? Uh,
2: Sorry. Could you repeat that?
0: Yeah. So did you have any <laughs> concerns? Sure answer it correctly. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have any concerns coming from someone that was unsigned? So it's not like you're going from an, one org to another, but okay. you were unsigned and then going into being signed with an org. Did you have any concerns that you were looking out for as you were making that approach?
2: Well, the two things that I, the two known quantities that I kind of had on my mind was, A, this is my first ever, right? Like I've this is the first time I've ever negotiated any contract outside of like salary for day job. Two is that I'm being I'm a creator on a not just on a lesser known organization at the time, but also on a newer platform. Um, so like there are always worries when it is a newer platform. It's, you know, if I'm responsible for X amount of growth, how does this how does that help me monetarily, uh, opportunity wise, whatever it may be? but also how much of a safety net is there? Because this is a newer platform, like not everything is figured out when it comes to views, when it comes to expected growth, um, any KPIs, like, am I gonna have KPIs? It's TikTok, like stuff. TikTok isn't YouTube really, right? Um, Where like, you know, Subbox is involved and you're, there should be a minimum amount of views coming in, right, like TikTok works differently with their algorithm.
0: So- can we explain KPIs if, the k- real quick for our audience?
2: Um, so like key performance indicators, uh, anything that's like, you know, certain amount of growth that you're maintaining per month, um, certain amount of views that you're getting per month, uh, followers or subs, if this is YouTube, um, just stuff to know that you're moving in the right direction, really. So like your analytics page, for instance, right? Like watch time, would it, would there be anything like that? And as a novice, I don't know if the, if orgs care about that stuff. That's the kind of stuff I would care about when it comes to, like, performance indicators. You know, like, where, you know, these numbers tell you... These numbers are there for a reason. They're de- there to help you know if you're moving in the right direction. Do orgs care about that? Is that going to affect me? Is there something in my contract that, like, stipulates any of that stuff? Um, so, like, you know, as a novice, I didn't know. Luckily, that's not really, you know that's not part of my contract. Um, I don't know if that's part of a contract for any other, you know, creators. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Maybe there's like a certain number of, of, you know, required views a month. Um, But yeah, like that kind of stuff, for example, like I know happens with uh, people that sign contracts for uh, sponsorship with like anything that really has a code, right? So it's like controllers, um, supplements. uh, Some of those guys that get like paid Yeah. Yeah. The people that get paid like monthly as a, as a, not, not an affiliate code where you make, you know, a little bit off the top of the sale, but if you're getting paid monthly as in the form of sponsorship, there is usually like a minimum amount um, of whatever it is, whether it's sales, whether it's visits, whether it's link uses, whatever it is, there's usually some sort of minimum involved that you need to hit. So like, you know, there's always those questions, especially if you're a novice like I was or am.
1: Yeah. And okay. I, th- I, think one of the, I think one of the more common questions that I always get whenever somebody reaches out to me, it's like, hey, Neffy, can you help me look over this, is um, people don't know what to be worried about. And I think that's, I think, you know, and, and which is why that question is hard because you're like, hey, what are you worried about? And the response that I usually get is, I don't know because I, you know, I, I don't know what to be worried about. And so that's why it's so important. And, and you were smart in the way that you approached it, right? You reached out um, to people that, do have the knowledge and 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 you know you didn't just sign it a lot of people get offered anything at the very beginning and they're like ah well it's not a big contract so let me just go ahead and they just sign it without looking at it without making any edits and you know it it doesn't necessarily put you in a bad spot but it could potentially prejudice your growth within the organization or your ability to move to a different organization you know right now there's a lot of guys in the halo world or (laughs) You know, I don't see it as much in CDL because the league is a little more involved. But where guys are stuck on contracts, and even guys that have lawyers are stuck on contracts because they just didn't, you know, not to say they didn't get the right advice, but you know, you just you have to think about everything. And and that's one of the things I give you props for, man. You you were smart about how you kind of approached that situation.
2: Thanks, thanks. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, uh, at the end of the day, is that you kind of have to like look out for yourself, like the loyalty to not just an organization only goes so far, right? Like if, yeah. if there's like a down year or like a, the economy goes to shit, like it's not like they're gonna be like, Oh, thank you for sticking with us during your renewal, but we're going to have to let you, you know, like that kind of yeah. stuff happens. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. it's like, yeah. it, it, there's only so much loyalty there. So it's like, you kind of need to make sure, for instance, like I know a lot of people have non-competes. Um, so like, let's say they leave their org, they can't sign with another org for a year. Right. Yep. I don't know what the standard, you know, standard practices, but like not competes happen in not just in esports, but even, you know, in the normal everyday working world. Right. Right. So it's it's that kind of stuff you definitely want to look out for. Oh, 100%. yeah. Uh,
0: so well, I, th- 100%. I think you had a really good perspective. and I think there's also a huge difference in, so- in, you know, being someone that's fairly highly educated, who's mature, signing a contract when they're 22 or 23 versus someone that's 16 who is trying to sign a similar deal, you know? That's a, another yeah. thing that Nephi deals with pretty often. Um, but those not-competes, too, that's one of the big deals that Nephi and I look at, especially in this space, because it really is an intersection of, uh, you know, uh, kind of sports, but also entertainment. And in entertainment, not-competes are much less common. And so we're working on <coughs> developing some of those form contracts with other orgs but that's a good thing to look out for as well, you know, is um, 100%, non-competes.
1: 100%. Especially if you're talented okay, so, like you are like on air. No, absolutely. And that's one of the things that we hate, you know, and by we, I mean I, as somebody that represents individuals, is restrictive um, non-competes. A lot of people will want it, right, under certain circumstances. Mm-hmm. As a content creator, if you do, if you sign a really good restrictive non-compete, you're kind of screwed if you don't want to work there anymore. Um, but – with that being said, we're we're gonna talk about that at an episode in the future we're gonna release. But let's kind of change gears a little bit now, and let's let's talk <laughs> about more on the on the sort of the the content creation slash esports um, specifically. You know, your growth to where you are now. Because I mean, obviously, if we look, obviously we follow on YouTube as Jake said, or, or I'm sorry, on Twitter. Um, you, you regularly interact with some very large guys. And so I kind of want to get a little bit of a sort of behind the scenes. What are some of the biggest content creators that you regularly engage with? And what are some cool experiences where you're like, holy cow, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at it, you know, you kind of have an out-of-body experience to say, I used to watch this guy. I was a big fan. And now I'm like one of them. And I'm, you know, interacting and creating content with them.
2: Oh, man. So, I mean, like... Right off the bat, it's like I regularly interact with a lot of the the weapon guys, right? It's like JGod, True Game Data. Uh, if you if you type in like Warzone Meta, th- those guys will come up. Uh, yeah, y- you know, which we regularly freaking those like channels. A, <laughs> we yeah, regularly like, visit uh, those
1: YouTube videos.
2: Yeah, yeah. So like th- those guys, uh, I try to you know keep in contact with as, as much as possible. Like with the Fortunes Keep map, me and JGod were talking about like, okay, what is the actual size of this thing? We sat there. I was like, "Okay, what if you, you know, I'll try to use this distance in game as a ruler." And then we were like, "What if you, you know, line up the the maps? Obviously, drop the opacity and line up, you know, like the balloons. Maybe you can get a better gauge on that." It's like that kind of stuff you can collaborate on. Um, big guys. I mean, I, I think I think there was uh, there there was like a tweet. It's my pinned tweet where it was essentially uh, making fun of this this cheater that yeah. like you know was getting screwed over by the anti-cheat um that that video is pinned on my twitter and there are all sorts of people interacting with it with it you know not just like people within the cod sphere um but like people like train wrecks who's, who's a big twitch streamer yeah. uh hasan big twitch streamer like people interacted with that i'm like huh this is this is kind of cool. cool it wasn't yeah. like a we yeah. made it moment but it was like look at
0: me look at what i'm doing yeah Yeah.
2: that's
1: awesome what about what about stuff like that like you know for example aiden who's huge you know or do 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 being part of nysl does has it kind of opened the door to allow you to content create or or, i guess interact with these guys to help them do whatever yeah
2: yeah so you know whether it's like me at uh what was it most recently in like december uh at, at this like nysl holiday bash in new york it was you know like getting up on stage with Aiden or, or whether it's, you know, just like at the hotel, like joking around or, you know, at champs, um, you know, getting breakfast with the rest of the team, the actual CDL guys, you know, sitting there, um, or, or even like, cool. ha- like, you know, going to Soho in New York, um, was it Soho? I don't remember. I think it was like the Gucci store with like, with Paco, with Hydro, like oh, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Pretty
0: cool. Are you going to yeah, be at, like at the, uh, major four?
2: yeah yeah next week get your tickets there you go there you go <laughs> nice dude so although uh, i don't so know when this episode's coming i was gonna out, say so yeah, hopefully know. we get it out before <laughs> uh,
1: yeah 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 will we'll, we'll see we've got a couple things in the pipeline so uh you know we we've we're, we're trying to kind of get you, these out and we're we're trying to get are you, this stuff recorded yeah.
0: are you gonna be a champs august 4th through 7th make champs
2: if we, when we make champs, when we do this, when we complete the Cinderella run and make it into eighth place and make it to champs, I will be there. If not, then I probably won't be there. I'll I'll probably take a normal, like, you know, summer vacay, um, even though it's in August, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: awesome. man. That's awesome. So, so, um, kind of, kind of heading towards the wrap up. Let's talk about a little bit about some guys that you follow. Cause I know we got all kinds of people that listen to this podcast. we got a lot of, you know, content creators, a lot of streamers, a lot of pro players and org owners and, and, you know, executives. Um, so let, let's, let's clearly you're a big fan of call of duty. You're a big fan of CS:GO. Let's, let's give some shout outs to some of the guys that you really like to watch. Who's your favorite CS:GO player. Somebody that you've used to watch or is currently playing or, you know, a caster. I don't know.
2: A- anything, anything, uh- Simple related, anything he does, I, uh, I love seeing. Um I'm not, I wouldn't really say I'm like a big fan of like one specific person. I tend not to grow too attached to personalities just in the off chance they say or do something that completely ruins my my outlook on them. So I try not to sorry. to get too attached to internet, uh, people on the internet. Um, but yeah, like anything really CSGO related. Sadly, the, the scene doesn't really have a lot of content right um but yeah i always i always love to follow the follow pros and simple is probably one of my my favorites um any of the old dudes that used to run you know counter-strike circles but now moved over to valorant hiko uh sean garas like any anybody that was like you know cloud nine related um yeah i always i always you know check in see what they're up to that kind of stuff
1: Okay, so switching. What about to Call of Duty? What 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 were some of the guys that you watched and you're like, holy cow, I really enjoy these guys' content. Hmm. And I know it. You're. you're it's kind of tough because you're part of an organization right now, and you don't want to be like, oh, I really <laughs> like. You know, like a like a lot of the answer that we get is like Optic, right? Those guys are the classic org, and they've been around forever. And you know, I I'm gonna be honest. My initial you know sort of love to esports was because of Optic and the guys at Optic, and so. Uh, you know, just if, if, if you, if you think of anybody, anybody that you're like, man, I really like this person
2: really like this, this isn't even like, uh, a, I think I get so caught up in the actual like seriousness, right behind uh, cod that the reason why I watch a lot of guys like Hunter TV or T-Mal like those guys is because it's like, it's genuinely like funny or creative in some ways. So it's a break in what I normally do or normally yeah. make. Um, so like those guys I love watching. Uh, okay. Um, yeah,
1: like because it, it's a break if, from what you if, do every day, is what you're saying, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Right, so God. when I get that notification for Hunter TV, it's like, all right, boys, let's uh, let's dim the lights, get some uh, get some water, get some popcorn, and watch a Hunter TV vid. Um, is usually usually what I what I kind of awesome. resign myself to. And then also, you know, uh, I guess like one of the big OGs, Hutch. Uh, who's pretty oh, much like yeah. just sticks to, to Twitch streaming now. Yeah, but yeah, I always I'm always in that stream, just kind of hanging out. No, I like Hutch. I'm I a big H- fan of Hutch as well.
0: I dig Hutch as well. I I did, well, it. I mean, I grew up as a huge Optic fan back in the day, so I think like yeah. as league, you know, hundreds of thousands of other people did as well. So yeah, yeah. Uh, do you still okay. follow Hutch Machinima? All that. Yes, man. R.I.P. Machinima. My goodness. Um, do you Ooh. still follow CS:GO competitive?
2: Not as much anymore, sadly, because it's like I kind of not have to be 100% tuned in to COD, but just like there's not enough hours in the day, sadly. Like now I understand. Now (laughs) I understand what adults were talking about when I was younger. There's just not enough hours in the day. Oh, yeah. So sadly, I I can't. But I try to like keep up on the base storylines Yeah. uh, when it comes to like tournaments and stuff like that and like simple going on an immediate like crazy MVP level tear even when, you know, his team isn't that great. Um, Kings of Counter Strike, Grand Slams, that kind of stuff. I, I try to keep up with, but yeah, it's it's been a little rough the past couple of years. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: yeah, and, and I don't blame you. I mean, we totally understand the difficulty of not having enough hours in the day. Like we,
0: oh um, man, you know,
1: we started out super early this morning, and then had a full day worth of work, and then here we are now. And it's all for the love of the game, baby. You know what I'm saying? Like we're willing to put in the hours, even though we had a long day and, 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 you know, and it's, and it's almost like a, a, a breath of fresh air because, you know, we're obviously really passionate about our current career, but, you know, putting out content for some reason, Jake and I've, whenever we sit down, we talk about it, we really enjoy it. It's really, it's, it's not difficult and it's not, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to use the word grind because grind indicates that some type of minor negative connotation to it And so, you know, and and we love it. And, and, you know, and I I wouldn't mind coming home from a long day of work and working on, you know, it's it's not good as I am on it, editing a video or editing audio and working on it. So uh, so I I get what you're saying. So uh,
2: yeah, it's it's a there's that. Yeah. Like you said, that grind has like a negative connotation to it. But like, yeah, you have to kind of enjoy part of whatever you call grind. Um, right. Otherwise, you know, if the passion's not there, it's going to show in content. Oh, I and, really don't care. and it
0: makes that little bit of time you get to enjoy the space that much more special. Because we were speaking of not having enough hours in the day. We were at IEM Dallas for CSGO. Oh. And we had meetings and sponsorship meetings and meetings with clients and doing content. And so even at the event, we only got to see like three matches.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. So I yeah. was kind of no. bummed about that.
0: Uh, but but all three that we saw were really fun and really cool and we're really happy to see them. So, uh, but even at an, a live event, we still only got to squeeze in a little bit of actual watching time.
1: I know, I know, and we miss a yeah, concert like, too, oof, dude. I know what that's like. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Every year, every year I went to DreamHack um, in Texas would always be like. Me getting sidetracked by like watching a Smash tournament or like uh, Rocket like League someone. tournament is
1: one of the one that was yeah really like or, or
2: actually playing in like the open land and just like oh shit I missed I missed like all the American Everything. teams play and now <laughs> and now it's it's really bittersweet and it's one reason why I've kind of like not paid attention as much because there's not really any good like NA organizations in Counter Strike anymore ever since Valorant kind of took you know yeah. Skull Thunder. Yeah, it's it's like it makes it harder to follow, I would say, because there's like you don't really have that sense of there's like, closeness, I would say. There,
1: yeah, and I, I I definitely agree with the the idea that, you know, the EU and, and the non NA teams are kind of kicking NA's butt and, and I think that's part of the reason why CSGO isn't such a massive esport is because the the teams and the, the skill isn't there. It's not as, you know, it, I agree the with the foundation you. Agree. Support exactly is there, I would exactly. Say, for the same we still uh, have some good NA teams but but I, I tend to agree with the idea that it could be better. It could be a lot better. And so and that's just yeah. something we're going to have to figure out, you know, and there's all kinds yeah. of issues going on right now, but that's a whole different conversation that we can have. Yeah. So, <laughs> let's to to sort of kind of cap off this awesome conversation we've had. What, what do you have going on right now? Obviously you're working with NYSL. Do you have any big plans coming up, any any projects, anything going on that you are excited about
2: nothing. Nothing, you know, groundbreaking. Mainly just going to to, to major four, trying to record some content there. Um, oh yeah, you know, really concentrate on I would say high quality YouTube content. That's more. Uh, if you've seen my latest YouTube video, it's it's more not just entertaining, but think like documentary style. Um, yep. Think like Jake Tran almost, or, or any of the documentary guys on YouTube. Um, something closer to that is is kind of where I'm heading. YouTube was, um, nice. but yeah, I'll just have to see where the uh, where where the world takes me, what what the world gives me to work with when it comes to stories and stuff, storylines, and uh, I'll go from there as awesome. always. But yeah, awesome. right now it's it's mainly just getting through this this COD cycle lull until Modern Warfare Two and Warzone Two and DMZ because I'm a I, I love playing Tarkov, but I don't also like you know the grind of tarkov so yeah, if dude. you can give me something like that where a normal person like me can enjoy tarkov esque gameplay to the fullest i'm there so yeah i'm i'm kind of waiting for the next generation of cod right awesome. now i'm in awesome, that holding man. pattern yeah Same. okay
1: so so as 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 a closing what are you know remind us about all the socials you know cuz i know obviously your your twitter we're familiar with it, but just just so all the audience knows
2: yeah um so Over on TikTok, you can find me on my personal, at MaverickGG, or, and those are all my socials, uh, MaverickGG on YouTube, at MaverickGG on TikTok, at MaverickGG on Instagram, and maybe Facebook. I don't remember. It's a dying platform. Um, And then, of course, also on TikTok, you can find me on the Subliners page, where I also make a bunch of content there, at Subliners on TikTok. And of course, I guess, also go ahead and throw them a follow on Twitter, because you'll probably see me via like a, a scuff video
1: they'll see a um, lot of you i i see enough
2: of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 you'll see me on the subliners uh yeah. twitter page as well so definitely head on over there but yeah awesome. that's that's awesome. pretty much where you can find me
1: yeah well thank you so much for joining us man it was it was really awesome to get to talk to you and obviously you and i have spoken in the past and we'll probably continue to have a good relationship in the future but thank you so much for coming talking to us talking to our listeners and kind of giving us a little insight as to you know maverick and uh and and you know your your sort of coming story uh becoming story um so thanks
2: yeah yeah man i appreciate it thanks jake thanks neffy i really appreciate being here really appreciate you know you guys helping me out whenever i have questions it- just the back and forth. I, I love it. So I really appreciate it. And I look forward to, you know, if you guys ever want me to come back, talk about other stuff, Hey,
0: always hey, available. Like sure. Warzone 2 coming out. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of other stuff that we need to discuss oh, yeah. on the legal side. And we need some technical expertise. And I feel like you're one of the guys at the forefront of all that. So um, definitely plan on having it. you back, man. Yeah. Thank yeah. you.
1: So thank you everybody for listening to today's episode. Uh, remember, obviously, you know, uh, Mav just gave us all his socials. Remember to follow us as well. Uh, you know, you can find the same thing at the Law of Esports on all socials, TikTok. We haven't put any TikTok videos, so don't expect a lot of content there yet. It's coming. Uh, but on on Twitter, the Law of Esports on YouTube. You know, we recently have revamped our videos. We hired a uh, you know a thumbnail uh, designer, and you know we're working on developing a lot of you know obviously the content that we're putting out and the quality and the production. So thank you guys for uh, for listening to this episode, and we'll see you guys on the next one.
0: Thanks, guys.